Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Let's grab our Bibles. I know you love the Word tonight. We're going to get into the Word. And we're talking about Jesus, and we're talking about the truth of who He is. And uh, so let's grab a Bible, and uh, let's continue to praise Him. We're going to uh, go back to 1 Corinthians 15. So if you have your Bible, and uh, if you would start me off at the first slide, and then we're going to jump over to the fourth. But I'll tell you when we're going to do it. We're talking about the last Adam and how Scripture is filled with the life of Jesus as undoing what Adam did. Adam sinned. The Lord never sinned. How many know we serve a sinless Savior? He was perfect in all ways. Hallelujah. Can we just give him a little bit of praise before we get into the word? Thank you, Jesus, because your word is true. We love you, Lord, and we give you glory and honor and lift up your name. Now, we're looking at 1 Corinthians. We'll, we'll be seated right after we look at this, if you wouldn't mind. And uh, I want to look at two different ways. I tried it last week, and I couldn't do I got so carried away. Um, but I want to look at two ways that uh, of the many, many multitude of ways that we see that Jesus is the one God who came as man. Not He's not a second person in God. He's not a divine person of God like there's persons of God. He is God who became a man, which is, of course, the great mystery of the universe. A, a great is the mystery of godliness. Can you say, praise the Lord? Great is the mystery of godliness. Amen. And so it is that he, he is the last Adam. And let's look at, we'll use this scripture like we did last week, except we'll jump over everything right to where we ended. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Are you able to see that? I, I hope it's clear enough. If not, we're looking at verse 45, just the one verse, and we'll read it together. And so it is written, the first man, Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Let's bow our heads. Father, we ask you tonight to let us lift your name. Lord, let the ch church be enthused and thrilled with your word that we might then let the world know that you are truly God. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. And you can be seated. Now, there's several other scriptures, but we're going to... Uh, uh, jump over, I'll do it here and they'll, they'll do it on the screen. We're jumping over everything. And, it's, uh, and so it is, we're now in Philippians 2. Now, <clears throat> I, I want to scare some of you really, really a lot and, and you're already nervous. So we'll, um, we'll just have to just do it. We'll just have to scare you. All right, Philippians 2 and 5 begins this way, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Can you say, praise the Lord? All right. And what was that mind? Who being in the form of God, and, and for just a moment, we're going to concentrate on that. Can you read that with me? Who being in the form of God. All right. Let's say it one more time. It was so soft, I'm just afraid. I just, if I can get you here, we can at least move on. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So there, there's where we were last time. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, 
and was made in the likeness of man. Now what's, and, and, and we're going to look at all of that. But what's critical here is that this is perhaps the most important passage in the Bible which compares Jesus to Adam. And of course what's important is that where Adam failed, the Lord did not fail. Now when I say he compared him to Adam, I mean that there was an Adam. Of course, does anybody know what the word Adam, by the way, is an Hebrew word? Does anybody know what it means? Adam means, okay, well, good. I just wondered. Uh, that means not very, <laughs> I think you do know, but somehow you're just acting really nervous. I, I, I'm, am I scaring you that bad? All right, so who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He's comparing every, you, everything that's being said here is comparing Jesus to Adam. It's basically uh, Philippians chapter 2, but we're really looking at Genesis chapter 3 or Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 1. Because how was Adam made? Does anybody remember that? Okay, I, I'm okay, here we go. How was Adam made? Was he made in the image of a dog, a cat, a, a, an, an owl, a parakeet, a, a giant hippopotamus? I was going to say hippopotamus. What are those things called? Hippopotamus. Um, no, he was made in the image of God. See, we are already, without any doubt, without a, a sliver of doubt, we are already seeing the comparison. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God. We are looking at the beginning. Now, this is where we must part ways with our Trinitarian friends. Now, let's, uh, but let's read it again. Let this mind, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. Now, <clears throat> let's think here. Now, I know this is going to, uh, I, 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 I'm sure that some will say, oh, Brother Fitch, we don't have to do that because I'm not a Trinitarian. I used to be, see, I, I used to be a very, a very committed Trinitarian. And, and many, many, many of our friends are Trinitarian. They think that somehow God uh, revealed himself to Moses as one, but actually he wasn't actually one. He was, uh, he was only one in sort of some special, like one, but not really one. Is anybody following that? He's one, but not the number one. Just like this is one church. How many of you knows this is one church? We're not actually one. We're only one in some particular way. We're one in something. But we're not actually one. We're a bunch of people. Just like a husband and wife are one. But they're not actually one. They're one in a particular way. And what they're trying to convince folks of, and this is how crazy things, just like they try to convince them, you don't need the Holy Ghost, even though it's in the Bible. Hey, folks, you need whatever's in the Bible. Praise God. That's good preaching. And so it is that they've come to believe that God is one, but he's really, in other words, there's no such thing as one person that is God. Because God is three persons. That's what we, that's what they came up with. It would take a theologian to come up with that. One God, but it's really three persons. I'm one person, but we're three. How are you doing? How are you? I'm not going to get, the, I'm not going to make fun. I'm not making fun. I don't have any desire to make fun. I'm trying to tell you that anybody that tells you they're one, what if, what? So you walk in the room and you say, um, see us, we're, we're one, but we're three persons. 
And we, we think the same thoughts. We do the same thing. We all create the same. When I cut the doll out, they, he cuts the doll out. You know what you would think? You, I know what you would think. We all know what you would think. If somebody walks in here and says, what I do, the other one does. And when I lift my hand, he lifts his hand. We all lift our hand. When I close my eyes, he closes his eyes. Because we all think the same thoughts. And we're, we're a committee of one something, but we're, we're one, but we're actually three persons. Well, that would be odd, wouldn't it? And, of course, there's no such thing. It doesn't exist. But, of course, the, here's the thing. People can believe what they're going to believe. They can believe anything they want to believe. What I want to know is what does the Bible say? Does the Bible say that one person of the Godhead gave everything up so the other two persons could go on vacation? Does it say that God did this and there's, there's more than one person of God and so on? And of course, it does not. But it does say who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now, in order to grasp, and this is what I was trying to get to last time, but I was so excited about the end story, I couldn't get to the, the story. You know, like you know that the, the, the bears ate the porridge. Is it porridge? I'm looking over here for some reason. Anybody over here ever heard of that, porridge? Um, but, you know, uh, so I, I, I'm so excited about uh, what was, was Goldilocks's, uh, was somebody sleeping in her bed that I'm forgetting the story. You see what I mean? Because in the, the end is that... Uh, you know, he's still sleeping in the bed there. And that's what happens sometimes about the things of God. You get so excited that you can hardly, you can hardly get to the detail. But the truth of the matter is that every single word here, even though it sounds a little interesting, for example, I'm gonna, it's gonna come as revelation. I feel it. I ask God to give us revelation. You know what? We need a revelation. We need more than just to go home and say, I'm, I'm in the right church. We need to have a revelation. We need to understand who He really is. Alright, so, in the form of God, is that in the, book of Genesis. He was in the form of God. He, the image of God. Adam was created in the image of God. Did equality with God come up in Genesis chapter 3? A little snake crawls through the, uh, the branches and, and says, oh, you shall not surely die. Is that Bible? Is that is that part of the story? Certainly it is. And he doesn't want you to do this because he knows that when you eat of this, you'll be as God. There it is. But he made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant. Now, we, I got the, what really set me off last time. I figured it out and told the Lord, I'm, I've got to really relax, keep my feet real still. When I mentioned he made himself of no reputation because that's what we were looking at and that Trinitarians through the centuries have come up with this idea that this Greek word kenosis, that is he emptied himself. That's what the translation is from. He made himself or, or, or we could say I'm going to help the King James along here. All I'm trying to do is help you to understand where I'm what I'm talking about. He emptied himself of reputation. That's kenosis. Now, that's what the King James is getting at. The King James is trying to figure out what does it mean that he, that he kenosis, that he, uh, it literally means to empty, to empty oneself. And so Trinitarians have come up with the idea. I know, Lord, okay, I, Father, I believe it's your will. 
We're way, way out there. So Trinitarians came up with the idea that the second person of the Godhead emptied himself of his deity so that the other person of the Godhead could work through his emptied vessel. So that's what they think went on. Wow. Now, to me, that is not biblical because, don't think with me just for a minute. Is the Bible telling us that one divine being quit being a divine being some way or other, which, of course, is impossible. But, you know, well, let's just give that to him for a minute. That one divine being laid his divinity down or uh, emptied himself. Let's say that he quit using his divine power. And then let's just assume that's possible. And let's be nice about it. All right? Now, I don't believe it for a minute. But I, and so that's not being very nice. But I'm trying to tell you that let's give it to them. The question would be, and remains to this moment, does the Bible say it? Does the Bible say that divine persons got together and did these things? Show it to me. Show it to me. That's why I quit being a Trinitarian. Because the Bible does not teach it. The Bible teaches that Jesus is not part of God. He's not in God. He is almighty God. Hallelujah. That the one God of heaven. For example, and I know this is going to finish up. I'm, I'm about to stop. But I'm, we've got to get together here. That the Trinity came into the garden and told Adam something. Does the Bible say that at all? Is there a word about a trinity walking in the garden? Does it say that the sun was there and, and the sun did this and the sun did Does not. It said that God walked with them. God walked with them. Now, I know Trinitarians that tell me that that means the trinity was walking with them. That's a long walk. But that's not, that's not my problem. Because it, the Bible never says that. My point is, what we want to know is who Jesus really is. Hallelujah. Did anybody feel the Holy Ghost here tonight? You know it's a good thing to tell who people who Jesus really is. So it said, well, it really doesn't matter. Friends, it does matter. I had someone say recently, listen, no, no, no. I'm going to tell you why theology matters. They said to me, it doesn't matter if you worship Jesus like you do. That's good. I like that. I, I kind of think that's, I, get, I feel something when you worship like that. But it wouldn't matter if you worshiped Buddha. Same God, same thing. That's the world we live in. They don't think it matters. Of course, what we've decided to do is uh, Buddha, it's not worshiping Buddha. That's our number one concern in this generation. It's worshiping idols who make movies and who say they're above the, the word of God and say they're superstars. And everybody's supposed to worship them. And when they, when they determine it doesn't matter who you marry or what you do and that morality is archaic, they want you to follow them. But let me tell you, friend, there's only one God you're supposed to be following. And that's the God of the Bible. Praise God. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And so it is. Now, how was he robbing God or was he not robbing God? But as I said, we're going to concentrate for a moment on, on verse 6. And I know, that I, need, I know that I have to go quickly. Uh, so I, I know that I do. 
who being in the form of God. Let's say that together. Who being in the form of God. All right, that's what we're going to say. Now, let me read uh, some translations. I won't tell you how many, uh, but I'm going to read some translations. If I can get this out of my eye here. All right, now. Who being in the form of God. Now, here we go. I'm just going to read. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm reading. RSV, which is Revised Standard. Who, though he was in the form of God. New King James, who being in the form of God. And the King James, who being in the form of God. All right, now let's go to the NIV. Who being. So those were three. They were almost identical. So uh, I, I only read them so I can just quickly go past. All right, NIV. Who being in very nature God. Now, is that what the text says? No, it's not a word there about being in the very nature of God. But what they're doing is they're interpreting. That's why I call the, the, new, the new International uh, a, a dynamic equivalent. In other words, they, they take the word in the form of, and then they interpret it, and they think that means that that's to be in the very nature of something. So Jesus, they said, was in the very nature of God. Not that he was God, because then that would mean that there might not be more than one. So they, they leave that open by saying who being in the very nature of God. All right, so let's leave that alone. And then the New Living says, though, now listen, the New Living says, though he was God. So what have they done? I know some of you don't care. I, I know it's hard for you to care about what the translators are doing, but, but it's interesting because we're going to see a development here that's going on in attempting to understand what it means to be in, that they were in the form of God, all right? The New Living says, though he was God. Hallelujah. What they've done. So in other words, what Phil Comfort did there, I used to work with him. I know, I know him. What he did when he translated that was he, which is, I never, I've never known him to do this. So that's interesting. I'm going to have to go on. Okay. I, 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 I got to go on. Okay, let's go now to the, the, uh, the Southern Baptist Bible. It's called the Hallman something or other. It uh, doesn't matter. It's the Hallman Bible. We'll call it that. Who existing in the form of God. So let's say that that's pretty much the King James. The New American says, who although he existed in the form of God. And the ESV says, who though he was in the form of God. And then Hawthorne's translation says, precisely because he was in the form of God. Although the word precisely is not there. I studied under Hawthorne. He was my Greek instructor at Wheaton. And then we go on to the... To the um, to the contemporary English version, C-E-V, Christ was truly God. And then God's word for today, although he was in the form of God, the new English Bible says, for the divine nature, here we go, for the divine nature was his from the first. Hmm. That's interesting. Now, I teach Greek, no Greek. I can tell you right now, there's not a word there that says for the divine nature was his from the first. That is a complete interpretation. So they're thinking that, so somehow the, the, whoever was Christ, his divine nature was there from the very beginning, which they're going to have to explain what they mean by that. Could mean a lot of things. That could mean a lot of things. The Barclay translation said he shared... William Barclay translation. He shared 
the very being of God. Hmm. So that, that's trying to tell us that they're translating that to say that the being of God can be shared. I wonder where they got that idea. I can tell you right now there's not a word in the whole Bible that says God's being could be shared. And yet it's in the very, it's in the translation. It's the Barclay translation. The Good Speed says, though he possessed the nature of God, the Philip says, for he who had always been God by nature, and the, and the New Jerusalem, which is a Catholic Bible, says, who being in the form of God, that is the new Catholic Bible that's called the New Jerusalem Bible, has gone through 70 years of revision, and they've gone through, and we won't worry about what the other, all the other translations said, but the brand new Jerusalem Bible says exactly what the King James says. Who being in the form of God, it's exactly, I'm reading the new, that's the new Catholic Bible. In other words, they've given up on trying to explain how to get rid of that he was in the form of God. And the, today's English version said he always had the very nature of God. And the amplified is my final. Don't say praise the Lord yet. Here we go, the amplified. I'm doing this for Brother French because he's been trying to get me to use the amplified more. And I've resisted it, but. I'm yielding myself to the Lord. Here we go. Here's the Amplified. Who, although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, brackets, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God. which is trying to say everything you could possibly say about anything about who Jesus might possibly be. Now, let's look at our next slide. Here we go. Everyone, everybody say praise the Lord. Let's clap our hands and thank God. Hallelujah. We got past that. All right. Who being in the form of God, what is critical here is to see that this echoes the language of the last Adam. That is to say that Jesus Christ was truly God. He was in the form of God. And God alone knew a way. Is that okay if I say it like that? I'm, I'm saying it a little differently. He knew the way to step down from the balcony of heaven. Now how he could robe divine and divinity in humanity, it is not possible to explain. Now, folks, listen to me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I can barely explain how a rose has a smell and how grass is green and how the stars stay in place. We can call it gravity. We can say it's color. We can say it's odor. But when we look at the DNA, I could just take a flake of my skin and it would be so complex that you could not even begin to describe the multiple parts of a cell. And we can barely understand that. You think I'm going to understand how God became a man? But he knew how to step out of the balconies of heaven and come into our world and take upon him the nature of man. Praise God. So he became incarnate. That is, God took flesh upon himself. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. I think we ought to praise him one more time and let's lift his name up. Father, we magnify your name. Your name is above every name. You've given him a name that is above every name. You've given him a name. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. We don't call Jesus Adam. Adam was called Adam. We call Jesus, Jesus, because he was given a name. Praise God. He was given a name. Jesus, of course, in, in very simple terms, means the Jehovah God is my Savior. Hallelujah. So he has and bears the name Jehovah is my Savior. And every time he touches a fevered brow, and every time he answers your prayer, he is proving to you that he is the Jehovah Yahweh of the Old Testament and that he is your God. Hallelujah. You should have no other gods before you because he is the mighty God. Hallelujah. Unlike Adam, he did not grasp at deity. He did not say, I'm God, but I'm, I'm not about to go down with those folks down there. He didn't grasp as Adam did. So what we are seeing is another parallel. Adam said, don't, you, you cannot eat of the fruit of the garden. And, and suddenly they, they got into this turmoil of which I'm going to come back just for, for briefly before I rush into John because we, we're going to get, but we're going to get a little further into the word here. Praise God. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But Adam suddenly just said, yes, I want it. He grasped it being as God. That is, he grasped at equality with God. But Jesus willingly surrendered to the limits of humanity. So that he never used his divine powers or prerogatives to bring to himself in his human incarnation, in his human state as man. He overcame every sin. He faced every woe as a man and yet without Is anybody thankful tonight for a God like that? Praise God. He didn't, he didn't, he wasn't like a poker player that was hiding a card under the, under whatever they hide it under. He wasn't like, what are these guys called that have the little walnuts and they have something under there and they move, tell me which one, where, where the other, not too long ago, somewhere in. And they said, come here, come here, come here. They're trying to get a little money from me. Um, see if you can guess which one. That's trick, trickery, a, a sleight of hand. He didn't, he didn't pull any tricks and say, well, I'm God. I can do anything. Nobody can make me sin. No, no, he became a man. He was tempted in all points like as we are and yet without sin. Praise God. I think we ought to clap our hands to a God like that. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So Adam was made in God's image, but he failed. And Adam became a slave to sin. And he, the Bible says he took upon him the form of a slave. 
He became not a slave to sin, but he became a servant to humanity. He allowed himself to walk every day, breathing human air and walking in a sinful world. And he faced it every day. He faced the devil at every turn. In fact, sometimes I wonder about God. Why in the world? Why in the world did you let Satan come up like that? And just lift you up. The Bible says he just took him up to the temple. Took him up to the pinnacle of the temple. He'd been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Oh, hallelujah. And you want to just say, why, why, why? Matthew, you, I, I get sometimes criticized, so I'll throw this in right here. I get sometimes people saying, well, you, you shouldn't say that. Why did he not do so and so? Like you think he didn't do the right thing. And I said, oh, no, no, I didn't say that. I feel like Matthew did when they drove nails in his hands. It wasn't because he didn't have the power. In fact, he quickly, Matthew quoted Psalm 8 and to remind us that he could have called thousands of angels that would have come if he just dashed his foot against a stone. If he had just stubbed his toe on a rock, he could have called an angel. See, what was he saying? What was Matthew saying? See, you got to, see, we get, you don't want to get carried away. You want to stay as calm as you can because we want to, we want to take a quick look at a, the proof that Jesus was not a second person who emptied himself so another person could work through him. No, no, no. He was the God of heaven who humbled himself. Hallelujah. He humbled himself. He was in the form of God. He took on the form of a servant. There was no other person. It was God himself. Hallelujah. All right. Okay. All right. And uh, so it is. Amen. So let's, uh, let's look at. This I, I I wish I could have found a better. I don't know if you know how hard it is to find renderings of Adam and Eve that are of which you can actually look at, um, or look at in. Uh, it just there there's not a whole lot of Adam and Eve pictures that that we want to be using, and you can tell that even this one, as uh, godly as it is is all covered up with words. So it is in Genesis 3. Adam was defeated by the serpent who beguiled his wife. And then he failed God and sinned and disobeyed God. And pulled humanity along with him. But Jesus fulfilled Psalm 110. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Because of the perfection of our Lord, Every 
thing that was purchased at the cross, and not only the cross, but every breath that he breathed, every step that he took, every word that he said. Does anybody love the Lord Jesus Christ here tonight? Every word that he said. Now, some people say they love him, but they never read his word. They're way too busy for that. They've got time for golf and games and fun and food and folly, money and what it can buy, but they have little time for God's word. Even the simple children's song, read the Bible, and pray every day, which we teach children to be true. Does anybody believe that song carries truth in it? Read your Bible and pray every day, and you'll, I don't know if I remember the whole song, but you'll grow, grow, grow. That's the way I remember it. Yet, we don't make prayer a priority. We think prayer is optional. But Jesus didn't say prayer was optional. In fact, the Bible says that his prayer was such that. Oh, uh, so glad I'm holding on to this podium. That as he prayed in Golgotha, that his prayers reminded us of how deep it meant to him to bend his knee in the garden and there to cry out to God, to the eternal spirit which worked through him as man, everything that he did. That's why we're turning here into John for just a few seconds. And that as he prayed, suddenly the, the pores of his skin, which would have, uh, uh, if you're like me, for example, I'm not saying he was like me, but uh, your, the pores of your skin, you have all kinds of things can get into the pores of your skin. You can perspire through the pores of your skin and so forth. And that through his very flesh from prayer, that all of a sudden he began to sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. Now, I've, been, I've inquired about this many, many times for many years, and I've seen several possibilities of what it could be and how it could have been and, and all of that, but what I'm telling you is, however it is explained uh, scientifically or medically, that it was so ingrained in him that prayer was of value and the power of prayer that it caused the very pores of his skin to sweat as it were. And I'm keeping the King James close to my belt here. He sweat as it were great drops of blood. Folks, I want to tell you something. He is a mighty God and he has shown us in everything that he did. Let's take another example. And I know you're saying, please get into John. Please, please, please. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, let, let's take another example. I want you to see that he didn't just, he wasn't born and then he died. 
the next day. Here, I'm born. Hey, hi, everybody, I'm born. And then Christmas and then take him straight to a cross. No, he lived his life. He, I want to tell you, he may, he has made the devil so nervous because when that final trumpet sounds and Satan's going to be gathered up in all of his demons, I want to tell you something. We serve a mighty God. We serve a mighty God. He came unto his own. Hallelujah. So everything he did, every miracle, but let's, let's just take, let's tell you, miracles, I don't think anybody would doubt the miracles, but I mean, probably wouldn't, but uh, uh, we learn from it. For example, when the children came and said, uh, they, they want to see you, Lord, they want to, they want to talk to you. The parents are wanting you to, to talk to these little kids, but we need to get them out of here. He demonstrated the power and the glory of God in every action that he did. Could we just lift our hands and praise him for just a moment? Father, I thank you for it. Lord, I praise you because everything you did has caused the Holy Spirit to be alive within us. We give you praise for it, Lord. Hallelujah. Does anybody see by faith that we're going to be a mighty people because he's a mighty God? Does anybody see that by faith? Does anybody see somebody serving God next to you? Because God's going to draw them in. You know why that's going to happen? Because we serve a mighty God. Hallelujah. When we preach Jesus Christ, we are preaching God himself. Come as man. Okay, now let's take a little detour. Well, it's not a detour, but let's take a little turn. It's not a detour, it's just a turn. It says turn here. Here we go. All right, we're in John. We're going to look at a, a final few scriptures where we jump in. We've been kind of going around. We've been to Genesis. We've been to Philippians. And, and we've been to 1 Corinthians. We're looking at Paul. Now let's look at John. All right, in the beginning was the Word. Can you, how many could say this scripture with me? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. Praise God. So it doesn't mean, of course, that uh, in the beginning that there was another person with God and they were together up there any more than my word is with me in that sense. Does everybody know that my word is with me right now? Okay, we know that. So for the word to be with God, because I often get asked this question, how can the word be? I go like that. The word can't be with God. See, the Reverend, you are not believing the truth about Jesus. He's another person. He's with God. There's Jesus and there's God. No, no, my friend. No, the word wasn't just with God that is pertained to God, just like my word pertains to me. So I'm saying words right now. Maybe they're being recorded and, and they pertain to me. You can listen to them and say, that's, that's Brother French, but it's just my word because it pertains to me. It's coming from me. It is an expression of who I am. Jesus was the very expression of God and the word was God. Can you say praise the Lord? 
All right, now let's go on. Let's look at, uh, and this, I, 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 I meant to change this picture. Uh, I, I'm not sure where this comes from. I, anyway, it's a picture of a demon being cast out of a woman. And uh, so uh, that's what that is. So don't be startled. Now let's look at, uh, so every miracle, every demon that was cast out, every obedience, every time he overcame sin, every nail that was driven through his hand, through his feet, the whip, in fact, the Bible is very, very clear that every stripe on his back. Does anybody know the Bible actually says that every stripe on his back goes to the healing of his people? Does anybody believe that tonight? I believe that his blood flows to the highest mountain. It reaches out beyond any place because he's a mighty God. His blood is powerful. Why? Because his life was powerful. Because his life overcame with every breath that he breathed. He was God himself living a perfect life in Adam's sinful world. The last Adam. But Jesus said, I can. Verse John 5, 30. Let's read them together. Let's read three verses. Here we go. I'll give the scripture. John 5, 30. Let's read it. I can of mine own self. Do nothing. See, he's not saying there's, I'm another God. And because if he's another God, he could have done everything. He's not saying that. He says, I seek not mine own will, but what? The will of the Father. That's talking about the human and the divine. Someone said, how do you know it was the human and the divine and not another divine person? Because he said, I can't do it myself. I seek the will of the Father. That's who he is. He's God in human form. And his human self cries out to God. Just as we should. So let's look at John 8, 29. Let's read it together, shall we? The Father hath not left me alone. For I do always those things that please Him. Relationship of the Father and the Son. Now I often have, and I understand, I just want to say this now. I'm going to hurry. We're almost there. But I have people say, well, you see, and I'll say, but see, if, if, if there were three of them, he'd say, well, I'm trying to do the will of the Father and the Spirit, and I laid down my divinity over there, and, and here I am. But he doesn't say that. If the relationship is not between two or three divine persons. It's between the human self and the divine spirit. He prays great drops of blood as the God-man in a world surrendered to Adam's condition, surrendered to death, even the death of the cross. He is not going to stop until they take every ounce of his blood but he does it it was not his penalty death is the penalty of sin he took it upon himself he was victorious Woo! hallelujah he was victorious he took death even the death of the cross Hallelujah. Okay. All right. Here we go. John 14, 10. Let's read it together. I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Now, one more thing at the bottom for those listening. He could not have been another divine equal person which is often thought, especially in Trinitarian circles. Look at verse 28 of that chapter. I go 
unto the Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now, this would be inexplicable if there were two divine persons, one called Father, one called Spirit, waiting on him and say, I go unto the Father. When in fact he was going back to the, be a part of the Trinity, which the Bible never even uses such a word, but I'm simply trying to show you that the dynamic of who Jesus is is that he is referring to the human surrendered Adam, the God-man, the image of God, and the divine eternal God that the Jews called their father. In fact, he's, he refers to that often. He says, I go unto the father. Why? So I can go back into the Godhead and be another person because I laid that somewhere or I emptied that off and I, I did something with that and now I got to go back and pick that up. Now if that were true, I'd believe it right now. Not a doubt in my mind, I'd just believe it. If the Bible said that, I'd say, the Bible says that. Does anybody believe the word of God here tonight? He said, I go to the Father because my Father is greater than I. Hallelujah. And of course, that could not be said of another divine person, that one is greater than the other. I want to tell you, though, what it does mean. It means that as awesome as Jesus was, he will not always be a man under the limits of human limitation, but he will defeat death, hell, and the grave, and everything will be his as God, and Satan will be defeated. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. John 10 30. Let's go. Let's go one more. I think we can read at least one of these. I am my father. He didn't say there's a couple of divine beings besides me and we're all one. He didn't say that. He didn't say there's two other divine beings I had a recent conversation with a very sincere heart that said well I think that just means that that the father he's, uh, he's one with the father like in the trinity I said well if he meant that he left a person out I've often called it the missing spirit if you believe in a trinity where there's a third divine being and that being is the spirit folks the spirit is God, not because it's a third, because it is God's spirit. And his word is God, not because it's another person, because it is God's word. One God, one word, one spirit, same God almighty. Hallelujah. So you say, was John really interested in what you're talking about? Yes, he was. Because he, he's the only one that said that the disciples got together and said, okay, we see all these miracles and you're telling us that the Father is greater than you are? So we need to understand this. You show us the Father. We want to see him for ourselves. And Jesus responded, have I been so long time with you? And yet, 
And of course, I'm reading King James here. And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? See, to inquire of the Father was to inquire of his own identity. When you speak of who Jesus is, you are speaking of the human revelation, the human word, the human speech, the human expression of the one who was doing all of these miracles. It wasn't human ability that was doing it. It wasn't even human sacrifice on a cross was doing it it was the divine father of the universe that's why we pray our father <laughs> someone said the other day you got to pray to so and so and two or three i said no no jesus said i'm to pray our father hallelujah hallelujah anybody feeling the holy ghost here tonight our father which art in heaven praise god so have I been so long time with you and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me has seen the Father. Jesus is right and the theologians Our hands together. Could we lift. Could we stand together? I mean, and then we'll lift our hands as we stand, because we're we're all done here. We're just going to lift our hearts. Could we just lift our hearts right now in Jesus' name, Father? I praise you. I magnify you. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to number 11. We're going to close out. Jesus said, take these things hence. See the picture? Make not my father's house. Everyone say, my father's house. It is not the house of the Trinity. It is the house of God. It is the house of the Father. Jesus said, make not my father's house a house of merchandise. Destroy this temple. And in three days, who's going to raise it up? Praise God. Of course, Acts 2 says this Jesus hath God raised up. And Galatians 1 says the Father raised him up. Hallelujah. And of course, I have friends that say, well, they all did it. They all, they all did it. Everybody did it. And that's the answer. And I said, every time I say something, you say, they all did it. They all this. But the truth of the matter is, when I say Jesus is all of it, you say no. They said, you're, you're Jesus only. I said, no, I'm Jesus everything. He's God in the Father. He's God in the Son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. One more time, let's lift our hands and give him praise. Father, we thank you tonight. Lord, I pray this world will hear the truth of who you are. Pray that our hearts will receive it. Pray that we will never doubt it. 
Pray that we will fill up this place, Lord, with hungry hearts, unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, not because we're intelligent or because we're right, but because...